Miracle, once the Berlin Wall fell, went from, you know, handing out flyers at a meeting to being in a cabinet position in a very, very, very short period of time. Obama, the junior senator, he went to become president in a very short amount of time. Obama starts it and then Miracle says it is that when they're speaking publicly, they will both state as, you know, the first black president, as the first female chancellor. This is what can happen in democratic societies. That is the voice of Claudia Clark, author of Dear Barack, the extraordinary partnership between Barack Obama and Angela Merkel. She joins me today to discuss the relationship and legacy of the former United States president and the chancellor of Germany. You are listening to the podcast with John C. Lemon. Ms. Clark, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. The partnership between President Barack Obama and Chancellor Angela Merkel was unique and definitely worth documenting. What were the causes or set of circumstances that made that relationship possible? They both came to power in the, you know, the early part of the 21st century. You know, we had the, the big recession, the great economic recession. One of the first things that they had to address, there were issues with Putin's annexation of Crimea. Um, there was financial problems across Europe, not just because of the, the recession, but with Greece and uh, Portugal and other European countries were having difficulties financially. So there was just chaos across the world. And they, Merkel and Obama, they didn't, they think alike. They have similar ideas on how they solve problems, but they are, they are from two different political parties in theory. You know, Merkel is a Christian Democratic Union or center right, and Obama is you know, the Democratic center left. And so they had differences of opinions, but because of the, the chaos in the world at the time, they knew that they needed to come together and, and learn to work with one another and not just for themselves, but for the good of the greater community. You said they have similar problem solving styles. What would that be? How would you define those problem solving techniques? Most people know this, but not everyone. Miracle started off as a physicist. She has a PhD in, in physics. She's a scientist, first and foremost. Her philosophy is she will analyze, she will gather all the information and she will analyze it and analyze it and analyze it before making a decision. And Obama, surprisingly, is very similar in that way. And that's something I didn't know really until I started doing the research. But Miracle was known for this. And in the initial stages of their working relationship, it kind of annoyed Obama. And it really annoyed a lot of Miracle's colleagues because she would just overanalyze. And it was just people were beyond her, like, just make a decision. And they had a similar thought process and how they would do that. They didn't jump to rash decisions. You know, that was one of the things that they had in common. 
One thing that was different about them, though, is that Obama is the big speech. You know, he's the charismatic speech giver, and he, you know, he can draw a crowd to their their feet with his speeches. And Miracle was very, very reluctant. She thought he was a lot of talk and didn't really appreciate that. Initially, there was some conflict between the two of them over that. And whereas Obama was the big speech speech giver, the charismatic one, Miracle was the one that behind the scenes could do that arm wrestling and get deals done and get people to do things that they did without realizing they were giving up a lot of things. She could convince them to do that. And so they worked together and learned from one another. She was not a woman who lacked confidence and she was steadfast and true to her style of problem solving. And she moved when she was ready to move or when she thought it was the right time to move. Exactly. What are some of the definable stages between the relationship of President Barack Obama and Chancellor Angela Merkel? From the very, very get-go, they didn't get along. They were skeptical of one another. And one of the main reasons was when Obama was just a candidate, he hadn't even received the nomination yet for the Democratic Party in 2008. And he wanted to speak or it, he did or his campaign did. It's it's a little unclear as to whom, but they wanted Obama to speak before Brandenburg Gate. And Miracle said no. She did not want Brandenburg Gate to be used as a campaign point. And so she said no. She thought he, he gave a good talk, but she didn't think he could actually deliver on anything. She was really skeptical of him. And as much as I liked Obama, and I, I like Obama, but he's very arrogant. He admits he's arrogant. And it was kind of a, who the heck does she think she is telling me no? Doesn't she know who I am? And, you know, whereas Miracle's response was, of course I know who you are. So she thought, you know, and, and you see... There's a, a turning point, and I don't want to give it away because I want you to read the book. There's a very clear in the early stages of their working relationship where she realizes that Obama, and, and it has to do with, with the economic crisis and stuff during the Great Recession. And she realizes that Obama really, there is merit to him, that he isn't just a, a good charismatic speaker, but he can deliver on what he promises and that he can act with humility. And so you see that transpire through the course of the relationship. There was a fractured relationship between U.S. and Europe. That didn't help the relationship either, but somehow they found a way to mend that fence. That's correct. And what happened was with former President Bush, you know, he alienated all of Europe pretty much because of the war in Iraq. And Miracle was one of the few of her European colleagues that actually had a fair amount of respect for Bush. She understood. She didn't necessarily agree with him on everything, but she had a very good working relationship with President Bush. And she was kind of in a bind initially because she knew that Bush had fractured not just the relationship between the European Union and the United States, but among the German, her own citizens did not like Bush. You know, here she was, she had a good relationship with Bush. She understood why people were skeptical of Bush. She under and she saw that Obama, you know, there's a poll that was taken that 85% of Germans would have loved, would have voted for Obama if they had had an opportunity to do so. And she was skeptical of him. And it was, she wasn't sure if it was because her citizens loved Obama so much, or if it was anybody's better than Bush. And that was kind of what she was afraid of. 
she had to, you know, work, walk the fine line. You know, she was skeptical of Obama, but she knew she had to be open-minded because he had such an overwhelming support among the German citizens. And Obama also, and his part, knew that of the fractured relationship between the U.S. and, and Europe. And Obama knew he was going to have to do some repair work. And so he spent a lot of time working and trying to repair that relationship. I mentioned earlier that Angela Merkel did not lack in confidence. I would have to say also Barack Obama didn't lack in confidence either. No, not at all. (laughs) Globalization. President Obama, he's known for many things. Did he and Angela Merkel differ in their global view? Yes and no. There was concern at the beginning of Obama's presidency that Europe was going by the wayside, that Asia was going to play more of an important role in international relations between the United States and Asia. And Merkel wanted to do, and the rest of Europe was trying to do what they could to get Obama to put the United States and Europe back in the forefront and take Asia out of the picture a little bit. And Obama realized that. He understood that people thought that there was a lot of pressure for Asia to play more of a significant role than Europe. Obama made it very clear that he was willing to do what he needed to do in order to show that the United States was definitely a reliable partner with the European Union. We already referenced the global recession of 2008, the fractured relationship between U.S. and Europe. In addition to that, as if that was not enough, Barack Obama finds himself as the first African-American U.S. president and Angela Merkel is the first female chancellor of Germany. What additional challenges did that personal identity present? Interestingly enough, it actually helped their relationship because they both knew that they were, Merkel was unique in many instances. Not only was she the first woman chancellor of Germany, but she was also the first chancellor from the former East Germany. And she was also the youngest and she was also the first divorcee. Very interesting. And one thing about Merkel that I reiterate many times in the book is because of her East German roots, she doesn't think that she would be where she is were it not for the help of the United States during the Cold War. She was more willing to give the United States the benefit of the doubt than some of her European colleagues. What's interesting about the relationship between Obama and Merkel is not only were they the first woman, the first African-American, but both of them rose up the political ranks very, very, very rapidly. Miracle, once the Berlin Wall fell, went from, you know, handing out flyers at a meeting to being in a cabinet position in a very, very, very short period of time. Obama, the junior senator, he went to become president in a very short amount of time. Obama starts it and then Miracle says it is that when they're speaking publicly, they will both state as, you know, the first black president, as the first female chancellor, this is what can happen in democratic societies. And that's a theme that is constant throughout the book. After Barack Obama's administration ended, we took a different direction where the faces began to look a little more familiar. Did that in any way erase what Barack Obama and Angela Merkel were able to accomplish. The previous administration tried. It was the afterword of the book. I talk about everything that, you know, during the course of 
Obama and Merkel's tenure together, you know, the Paris Climate Accord was signed, the Iran nuclear deal was signed, the economic issues to get us out of the global recession, those all were implemented during Obama and Merkel's tenure together. They were working on a free trade agreement. Many of the things that Trump did was, you know, he pulled the United States out of the Paris Climate Accord. He, he pulled the United States out of the Iran nuclear deal. He pulled the United States out of the free trade agreement that they had worked on so closely. So he did his best to undermine that. It was heartbreaking when I was watching and I was doing my research during Obama and Merkel when they were working together and they would say the United States has no better partner than Europe and Europe has no better partner than the United States. And then later after between Trump and Brexit, you know, because they all kind of happened together and you would hear Merkel with other EU leaders, for example, French President Macron, just say, look, we, we're not sure we can rely on the United States as a reliable partner anymore. That was heartbreaking. I live in Germany now, but the news around here was that the Europeans were believed that if they could survive four years of Trump and everything would be okay. But if Trump had been reelected, there was real concern. There was really going to be a disconnect between the United States and Europe that might be beyond repair. Of course, now we have President Joe Biden occupying the White House. Do you believe that the various underminings that took place after Barack Obama's administration ended, there was a level of resiliency? And if you do see it as resiliency, what created that? I do think that there was some level of resiliency because since the end of World War II or the end of the Cold War, because of organizations like NATO, despite trying to pull the United States out of NATO and trying to undermine you know, by adding insisting that Putin put Russia back into the G7, you know, he did his best to undermine some of the policies. But there was the G the other G7 leaders, France. Great Britain, Canada, they pulled together and they they were disappointed with a lot of what was going on with the United States, but they knew that the United States for many years had been a very reliable partner and they were hoping that Trump was just a temporary problem, for lack of a better word, but that could be fixed pending the next presidential election. So they were just kind of biding time. You know, they weren't happy about what was going on, but it was, okay, this is one hiccup. And, you know, 75 years worth of really strong alliances, we think will be okay. The faith in that, I firmly believe, is what kind of held everyone together. Now, Angela Merkel is still currently in office. There will be a transition there in Germany coming up soon. What would you say the highlight was working with President Obama? The highlight, I would say, was definitely April of 2016. It was President Obama's final, what they thought was going to be his final trip to Germany. Ever since World War II, the city, the German city of Hanover has a technology fair, and they usually will have another country help sponsor it. And Miracle was, she was in trouble for a couple of reasons. She was getting a lot of political flack from her own citizens and her own party because she opened it. 2015 is when she had opened the doors in Germany for the Syrian refugees. And so she was getting a lot of flack for that. And also she was getting a lot of 
pushback from other European leaders about the sanctions issued against Putin for the annexation of Crimea. The, a lot of countries were saying, this is killing us economically. We need you to, we need to lighten the sanctions. She absolutely refused to do so. And she, so she was getting slammed on two fronts. And so what she did is she asked President Obama to come to Germany to help co-sponsor that technology fair. And while he was there, he gave a speech in front of all of Europe he basically said, look, we all live in democratic institutions. We all have a duty to help other nations, other people uphold the values and the citizenship of free nations. And it is not fair for America to, or one nation to do this all on their own. He literally in front of all of Europe was just cheering applauding Miracle for what she had done and just said, you know what, it's not fair. We can't expect Miracle to do this all herself. We all have a responsibility. And so I think that was the highlight of their relationship on a professional level. On a personal level, you know, he granted her the Medal of Freedom Award in 2011. You know, it's the highest honor that a president can give a civilian and one that isn't granted very often. And I think on a personal level, that was definitely the highlight of the relationship. But when you're talking about the two, you know, the United States and the EU, that's when he was in Europe giving a speech about her stance on the refugee crisis. I can't read it without crying because he just, you know, she asked him for his support. And let's just say he did not disappoint. Before President Biden assumed the White House. Many people were saying they wanted him to be in the White House so that the United States could return to normalcy, predictability, dependability, reliability. All of those words were associated with Joe Biden. Following up behind Barack Obama and Angela Merkel, do you see that as a model for the current president and future presidents to follow? to form such an alliance as Barack Obama did with Angela Merkel? I think, and I argue this in the book, that in today's highly globalized world, where we're seeing it right now, I don't want to, I'm not a military strategist, so I don't want to talk about what's really what's going on in Afghanistan, because it's not my area of expertise. But I do think with as globalized as the world has become, with things like climate change, with terrorist attacks, with domestic issues, it is imperative that world leaders have be able to trust one another and be able to rely on one another. The interesting thing with Obama and Miracle was that they didn't agree politically on a lot of things, a lot of economic issues they didn't agree on, but they were more often than not, they knew that for the greater good, they needed to put differences aside, they needed to compromise, they needed to work together. And because they had such a good personal relationship, they were able to do so. And so I think whether we like it or not, you know, there's a, a wave across Europe of populism, of isolationism, you know, with Brexit, with right-wing extreme in Hungary and Poland, world leaders and, and countries want to live in a little island. And it's dangerous. We just cannot do that anymore. Wars aren't just a matter of going in and invading a country, but you can plot a terrorist attack from your apartment in Belgium. So it is imperative that 
world leaders have a good relationship. And I think that it's imperative that they have a re- not just a working relationship as world leaders, but that they can trust one another on a personal level and work together. Because I know there are a lot of things, you know, for example, Obama was really getting pushed to engage militarily against Russia when Putin invaded Crimea. Merkel and French President Hollande said, no, you know, don't, let's not get engaged militarily. Obama was facing a lot of criticism and a lot of pressure in the United States to do so. I'm convinced that if it weren't for his relationship with Merkel, he might have been more inclined to take that step. I think because of just how difficult and dire things can get very quickly, it's necessary that world leaders learn to work with one another. I wrote this book because I was concerned. I started writing it right after Trump had been elected. When I was seeing what was happening with Brexit, you know, there's talk of Hungary leaving the EU. And it's just, I think it's not in anyone's best interest for that to happen right now. The book, Dear Barack, The Extraordinary Partnership of Barack Obama and Angela Merkel, will be released in October. The English version is being published by Disruption Books. It is available for pre-ordering now if you go to my website, which is claudiaclarkauthor.com. You can also go to your local bookstore, Amazon, and order it. And it will be available on October 19th for sale, both the print version and an e-version as well. And for those of you that happen to be on this side of the Atlantic, the German edition is also available, and that will be available for purchase September 14th. Ms. Clark, thank you for bringing this partnership to our attention. It is perhaps a model for future heads of state. Thank you. Claudia Clark, author of Dear Barack, The Extraordinary Partnership Between Barack Obama and Angela Merkel. For additional information, visit ClaudiaClarkAuthor.com. That's our podcast for today. I'm John C. Lemon. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Thank you.